We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the High Stakes Lowdown, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. I'm Eric Balkman from the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour and the FFPC. You can follow me on Twitter at Eric Balkman and the FFPC on Twitter at FFPC. Before we get into the show, I want to remind everyone that you can get a listeners only 10% discount to Rotoviz by using the code RVRADIO2022. That's RVRADIO2022. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of the Rotoviz content and tools, and it supports the podcast channel. Now, without further ado, here's the latest edition of the Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown. Welcome into the 2024 Season 8 season finale of the Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown. I am Eric Balkman, your host. You know me from the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, the uh, Better Sports Network's High Stakes Fantasy Football Show, and of course the Fantasy Football Players Championship, myffpc.com, the FFPC, myffpc.com. Hello, how are you? It is the final show of our eighth season of the Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown. And if it's gone by that fast for you, it has gone by even faster for me. Cannot wait to tell you what's on tap for season nine. That'll come at the end of the program. But before we can get to season nine, we have to complete season eight. Ladies and gentlemen, the 2024 FFPC Playoff Challenge 2 championships are here. Uh, Register them at myffpc.com, myffpc.com. $200 $200 entry fee will get you in to play for a $100,000 grand prize. A $35 entry will get you in to play for a $25,000 grand prize. We have space in here, uh, plenty of room for them. I think we're looking at, oh boy, I'm going to, I shouldn't have done this, but I'm putting myself up to math here. We are about um, 80% of the way to go in uh, the $200 competition. And we are about, oh my goodness. Um, I would say roughly the same, maybe a little bit more in the $35 competition. Plenty of time to register, but I would recommend that since both of these contests usually sell out, get your entries in now at myffpc.com and then worry about filling out your lineups on Friday night, Saturday afternoon before the games start. 
uh, before the Texans and Ravens uh, kick us off, which we'll get into on the program tonight. Um, myffpc.com is where to do that remember to like this video subscribe to the channel comment on the video share it and get notified every time we go live tonight uh this week on tonight's episode we have a special treat for you a guy who tied for the title in the 2023 um 2022 2023 ffpc playoff challenge number two uh, excuse me the football guys playoff challenge number two and then was the runner-up tied for the runner-up in the 2022-2023 FFPC Playoff Challenge 2. A lot of success in this contest. He's got the cash to show for it. Please welcome, um, I believe, making his debut on this show, but you've seen him on these uh, FFPC airwaves before. It is the incomparable Bear Den Bill, a.k.a. Bill McCall. Bill, welcome in tonight, man. What's going on, Eric? Thanks for the intro. Happy to be here. It's exciting to have you back, my friend. Um, and we'll get in. You know, I'm going to get into some Bears discussion. Maybe it's best to lead <laughs> off with some Bears discussion. Um, what do you think your Bears are going to do with the number one pick? And and um, what do you want them to do with the number one pick? Well, we know they'll probably do the wrong thing with any coaches they're going to hire and any picks they're going to do. But what uh, what I would do if it was me is, uh, I would keep Justin Fields, give him another shot here because we've got the number one pick to trade down again like they did last year and, and bring back another haul of players' picks where they can surround him with better talent on the offensive line, get a couple more wide receivers, and, and a good offensive coordinator that can use him and, and see what they can do and, and also really bulk up the defense, which came on pretty good down the stretch there. So I don't mind keeping Everflus, you know, with the defensive mind he's got and they showed a lot of progress. The players seem to play hard for them, but um, yeah, it's the Bears' ownership just doesn't seem to do the right thing. So we don't have a lot of confidence, but we're going to keep the hope up. Is there something to be said for um, keeping Fields, but also drafting a quarterback with the number one overall pick? In other words, you keep Fields as a stopgap, and then when Caleb Williams or Drake May or whoever it is is ready to come up, now the Bears are pardon the pun, loaded for bear. Um, and then they can they can trade fields at that point or let them go or trade them and get what they can. Is there something to be said for that? I mean, if it's me, I'm not doing it with the number one pick. If they traded down and, and maybe they got somebody in the late first round, then it's not needing to have to start right away and, and creating this whole battle with fields where um, if it's the number one pick, it's either one or the other, I think. And, and then you use the other to get a bunch of value, you know, I'm sure they're going to see what, what could they get for fields and trade mm -hmm. in terms of picks, players, et cetera. And, and then they could use the number one pick on Caleb Williams or whoever they go with there. But I don't think you could do the number one pick and keep fields. It's just going to create a, a tough situation. I think it, a bad situation for not only fields, but Caleb Williams too. If again, whoever they, if, if they do yeah. pick Williams or May, whoever it is, it's it's probably going to be. And you think about the media attention to that and like the questions every single day about, you know, what's going on with the quarterback position. Um, it, probably not uh, the way you want to go out there. Uh, plenty of time to talk about that. Plenty of time to talk about the NFL draft going forward. What I want to focus in on today is uh, the FFPC playoff challenge too. The divisional playoff challenge is something that we established several years ago. And it's something that you actually had some success in and great success in, might I add, uh, this past year, Bill. You had the uh, you tied for first place in the Football Guys Playoff Challenge last year, um, and you tied for second place in the FFPC Playoff Challenge, Divisional Playoff Challenge. I'm, I'm talking about for both of these. So yeah. obviously, 
you had a great year with this contest. Can you tell us a little bit, because there is a little bit more nuance. There's a little bit more of, um, it's a different type of contest. You think about the playoff challenge, which we just launched this past week, where you have to fade two teams and pick 12 players. Now you're not fading any teams and you're picking only eight players. Can you tell us a little bit about your process and how you sort of attack this contest and attacked it with a lot of success last year? What I'd say I learned from last year is that I need to find some leverage points where it's not the same as everybody else picking. Cause I think I tied with like a hundred other teams. So the, the money that would have been really big was, was really spread out. So mm-hmm. this year, the approach would be, you know, where can I find a couple of teams and pick a player that is going to be a lot less owned so that I can try to take down the number one prize. And I, and I think um, th- there's a lot of different paths to get there what has been the path that you have been taking as you mold this out, as you build your lineups, is it simply filling out a bracket and then picking a pivot player um, uh, from one or both of this, your projected Super Bowl teams, or is there something more to it? Yeah, I think it's um, doing that, but also looking at, well, every player needs to have a ceiling. So we're not looking for floor players here. It's gotta be somebody who's demonstrated a ceiling at least a couple times this year. And then, is there somebody that comes up in that category that you could fade that has another player on that team that also could have a ceiling? So think about the 49ers, for instance. Uh, obviously, Christian McCaffrey is the biggest uh, player that everybody is going to want to take and, and obviously has floor and ceiling, but uh, he's going to probably be like 90% owned in this contest. So is there another 49er that we could pick that also has a ceiling that would get us away from you know the field and give us the leverage to jump ahead if Maybe they have a bigger game than McCaffrey and wonder, you know, how many games they might play three games. So there's some opportunity there. And, and really, is McCaffrey truly healthy with that calf injury? That's probably just a tweak, but there's a question mark there. So, you know, there's other teams that you can look at the same kind of thing. But I, I kind of like focusing in on that. I've, I'm not going to be using McCaffrey in most of the lineups that I would enter in this. Let's Okay, so I, I think there's a lot to unpack, not only with the Niners, but all eight teams that are in the playoffs still. One-fourth of the league still alive for the Super Bowl championship, which makes all eight teams live as everybody tries to figure out what the winning lineup is going to be for a $100,000 grand prize here coming up in a few weeks. Let's go team by team. I think that's the best way to handle it. Bill, let's start with the Houston Texans. Nico Collins had a boffo week last week. Obviously, no tank, Dell. You still have Noah Brown, who is dinged up. If you are a massive believer in the Texans, I think you can make a case for C.J. Stroud. Um, If you are a minor believer in the Texans, I think Devin Singletary, there is a case to be made. I would not want to be the lawyer making that case because I think, excuse me, lawyer. I would not want to be the lawyer making that case because I think I would come up on the losing end of that. To me, Nico Collins is the play. But as you might think, 80 to 90% of the field is probably going to be thinking Nico Collins is the play. Is there any Texan that you could say, Balky, I really like this guy as much as I like Nico Collins or close to as much as I like Nico Collins in this contest? Personally, I'd have a hard time fading Nico Collins just with his ceiling and and Stroud's going to go to him all day and they just don't have a second option that has as high of a ceiling, but you could make a case for Schultz similar to Ferguson last week, for instance, you know, going off for three touchdowns along with Aaron Jones in the the Cowboys Packers game. So maybe Schultz, he caught a touchdown last week, but that was his only catch. So 
you know, you're, you're definitely in danger of a, a lower floor there. I think that um, um, if you are filling out one lineup, and, and we'll revisit this question tonight uh, several times, Bill. If you're filling out one lineup, Collins would make the most sense. But if you're filling out a, you know numerous lineups and you, you don't want to pick Collins in every one, are you saying Schultz is your second choice here? Yeah, if I had to pick a second, I'd go Schultz. Maybe if I was doing a bunch of lineups, I would do one or two with him. But then you got to be careful. Uh, I'm frustrated with uh, one of my choices in the, the first contest that we did last week where I have a team that's uh, in the top 300 and one of the pivots, like with the Rams, I really like Puka Nakua. He's got the ceiling, like Stafford's going to throw him all day. It's against Detroit. He's going to have a big game. But a couple other lineups, I went with Kyron Williams just in case because he's, you know, such a top running back and figure he's going to score with that, that team. I basically left 24 points on the table. I'd be top 25 in the contest right now oh. if I had just gone with Puka. <laughs> so, and, and you can't get those points back because they lost. So, mm-hmm. uh, so those are the tough choices that, um, you know, with Houston, I don't think I'm going to go away from Nico Collins. Just as a real quick pivot, is Puka Nakua a first round pick for you in redraft leagues next year, or is that too aggressive? I don't think that's too aggressive. No. I mean, wide receivers are safer than running backs these days with injuries and, and the way the teams are using them. And, uh, you know, Stafford's going to be back, same offense, same coaching staff. So, yeah, I would think mid late round, mid late first round for Puka, I'd be on board with that. Boy, I can't wait to analyze that going forward because that is going to be <laughs> fascinating to cover throughout the summer. The Houston Texans, Bill, are playing the Baltimore Ravens in the divisional round of the playoffs. It's the first game that we're going to get Saturday afternoon. The lineups in the FFPC Playoff Challenge 2 will lock right at kickoff of that game. I think that if you believe the Ravens are going to go all the way, Lamar Jackson seems to be a slam dunk pick. However, and we were talking with Judd Rosengart and Phil Orban last week on this program, um, the guys who won the $500,000 in the playoff challenge last year, and they were talking about this year, if you don't believe in the Ravens, the fade is probably going to be Justin Tucker, a guy who is um, one of the greatest, if not the greatest kicker of all time in NFL history, and a guy who's been awesome uh, this year. If you don't think the Ravens are winning the AFC and getting to the Super Bowl, is Tucker in play for you? Would you look at Zay Flowers? Would you look at one of the tight ends, Isaiah Likely or Mark Andrews? I think as time goes on and we get closer to this game, there seem to be more and more options available for this Baltimore team if you don't think the Ravens are getting through the AFC. Well, first I'd say the Ravens looked so good this year and so dominant when they played the top teams that I, I don't see them losing this first game, even before knowing who it was against. So I, I didn't take Tucker in any of the teams last week, and, and we can't take him now. There's no kicker in this contest. But mm-hmm. um, I did do a couple lineups where I took Zay Flowers, and I wanted to take Isaiah Likely, but then uh, Andrews came off. Well, they, he, they opened his practice window, and he's practicing again. So I scrapped any idea of likely at that point last week and, and would continue to scrap it this week unless all of a sudden they say Andrews just isn't coming back because you can't afford a zero in any of these lineups. You just can't. So I really liked likely going in if Andrews was staying out. He helped me win a championship in one of my, my dynasty teams this year. So I was a little bummed to see Andrews back to practice, actually. I was like, let's go likely. Held on to him all year. He did nothing and, and just knew that he would have big value eventually if if uh, Andrew winning, if Andrews gets hurt, because he gets hurt every year. So from, from a dynasty squad, I, I hold on to as much likely as I can. And, and I think he really did himself well this year. But 
I like Zay Flowers. I'm a little worried that he's got this calf injury with the injury reports, but not sure how much that's really going to factor. I'm hoping he's healthy and he could have a ceiling against a team like Houston. And, and again, in the, the championship round against the Buffalo or Kansas City. And if they, if they end up playing San Francisco, San Francisco gives up a lot to the wide receivers as you try to keep up with them. So I, I would go lean into Zay Flowers. And if you really wanted a wild card, Odell Beckham could be interesting too. Mm. When you talked about at the top of the show, um, part of your process is finding the leverage and finding the pivots. Um, to me, I think the Ravens are probably the, te the team that you can find the most uh, sleeper pivots on. You know, I, I, I hesitate to say the Niners have all these pivots because they're all so good. You, you know, we'll get to them in a little bit, but McCaffrey and Kittle and Ayuk and Samuel and Purdy, there's all these guys there. The Ravens, they're si sort of quiet there. Now, if you're looking for leverage on Baltimore and if you're not picking Lamar Jackson, is, is Andrews too deep of a pivot? Um, whereas you say, well, I'm, I'll, I'll go into the shallow end of the pool, Balky. I'll take likely, but I am not good a good enough swimmer to go all the way to the deep end <laughs> and pick Mark Andrews coming up off of you know a lengthy time that he has missed because of injury. When you talk about leverage here with Baltimore, if there's one player you can gain the most leverage on, is it one of the tight ends? Well, I would say it's Zay Flowers for me. Um, now, the advantage you have is that it's the first game, so you're going to know if is right. Andrews act active yet. And if he's active, then, yeah, he's definitely in play. Um, depending what the reports look like and, and if he's going to play the complement of snaps. Um, I mean, you look at Sam Laporta last week, though, and coming off of an injury, I think he only had a couple of catches, maybe three. He did get the touchdown, but he didn't look healthy, and you know he's definitely hampered. So what kind of player are you getting? Are you going to get the ceiling that you need to try to win the contest? I mean, you could even say Gus Edwards. I mean, he could have two or three touchdowns, but then if he doesn't, you're stuck with four or five points. So. Right, yes. It's scary, too scary for me to do, but um, let's shift to the Saturday night game, uh, Packers and Niners. We'll start with Green Bay here. Uh, Aaron Jones absolutely dismantled the Cowboys. It's sort of what he does against Dallas. He gets three touchdowns in that game. Um, the first time he has gone three straight 100 yard rushing games in his career. There is a um, there's a narrative out there that says because he missed so much time this year, Bill, during the season that he is as fresh as he has ever been for a Green Bay playoff run. And so many times we have talked about the, the hopes and prayers of the Packers in the playoffs live and die by Aaron Jones and that offensive line. Given what you saw against Dallas, is that enough to say, okay, he's going to be the most owned Packer and I'm not going to fade him. I'm going to take whatever he can give me here this weekend. Or do you see a pass catcher? Um, and there's a ton of them. Watson, Dobbs, uh, uh, Dontavian Wicks, Tucker Kraft, Luke Musgrave. There's a lot of young pass catchers Jayden Reed. in Green Bay. Jaden Reed. I didn't even forget. Uh, yeah, I totally didn't forgot even have a catch. Did not have a catch. Points. He didn't you, have a catch. I was saying to my local co-host in Northeast Wisconsin, um, I said, if I was to tell you that Christian Watson and Jaden Reed were going to combine for one catch for nine yards, what would you have told me the final score of that Cowboys-Packers game would be? And he said, yeah, I mean, it, it would have been a blow. And I totally agree. But Reed's another guy that you could easily go with. I mean, we saw, you know, Theo Greminger from uh, Player Profiler put out on Twitter, I think it was yesterday or today, talking about how this guy could be a third-round pick in redraft next year. So I think he's got to be in the conversation as well. What I'm trying to say here is, well, and we'll get to San Francisco shortly, well, there's a lot of players, a lot of studs in San Francisco. 
there are so many wild cards you could go with in Green Bay. If you believe the Packers are beating the Niners and going to the Super Bowl, Jordan Love becomes in play as well. So you're looking at Love and Jones and you know all the receivers I just mentioned, Reed, the 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 um, the, the tight ends and Kraft and Musgrave. How are you personally attacking the Green Bay Packers here in this competition, Bill? I mean, I guess one idea is if you have the rest of your lineup dialed in and you know it's going to be great somehow that you could play five lineups and, and have each one of those pass catchers oh, in yeah. the lineup. Right. Uh, you could do that. Um, I would stay away from the wide receivers just because, and it could be any one of them. Um, I mean, who would have guessed Romeo Dobbs is going to go off like that? He's sat on the bench of most of my dynasty teams because I was high on him going into the season and he started off, caught a couple touchdowns and then he just didn't do much. So he was one of the bigger disappointments of the season. And then he goes big against Dallas. So who, who knows who it could be? Um, but yeah, Aaron Jones is going to be a solid play. I would think because even with um, the pass game, he's, he's going to, pro- I, I don't know if Dylan will be back, but, but Jones is going to get the bulk of the work and he'll get the carries that are going to be tough. But, um, you know, he'll be involved in the pass game, too. So I think he's got a pretty safe floor, and, and we've seen the ceiling. If there was a pivot, it might be Jordan Love, even, just with how good he's been playing. And, and you could pass on San Francisco, so he could put up a lot of points, even if they lost. Do you have to, in this competition, Bill, in your opinion, it, do you have to have a quarterback in the Super Bowl? Um, or can you get away with a running back or a tight end or a receiver in a tight end or a running back and receiver uh, with the big game? Do you have to have a quarterback or is that overrated? I don't know that it's overrated, but I don't think you have to have the quarterback. I mean, we, we've seen a couple times where the defense was the top scoring um, in the Super Bowl. So you just never know. But um, if the if the offensive players are strong enough, it's OK to pivot away from the quarterback, I think, if you're going to get enough out of that position in the prior rounds. Like I, I probably wouldn't go Jordan Love necessarily. If I was going to pivot from Jones, I'd probably go Jordan Love. But um, yeah, if they're probably going to lose to the 49ers, so you're only going to probably get the one game. So that's where it's right. a little sketchy. I think what's what's compelling, and, and you talked about this at the top, is to try to find leverage uh, elsewhere. Um, and not that I want to you know stump for my Packers here, but I will say this. <laughs> um, they have played um a bunch of games a bunch of unmeaningful games here um coming down the stretch of the season two of the more meaningful games and you can make a case that these are the two best teams they beat the philadelphia eagles who were crushed by the tampa bay buccaneers last night and then the dallas cowboys who the packers really rocked uh on the the wild card weekend so i think you can make the case to say that and and the fact that these guys haven't played a meaningful game in a month you can tell yourself a story where the Packers eke out an upset here. And at that point, who, what's stopping them? Detroit right. and Tampa Bay in, 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 the, in the NFC Championship game? Yeah, potentially. But I think if they beat San Francisco, we all know that Green Bay can beat anybody uh, else remaining in the NFL. And I think that's the story you tell yourself. Again, if you're filling out one lineup, I wouldn't recommend Jordan Love. Bill is not going to recommend Jordan Love. But if you're filling out multiple lineups, you want to throw something in there, see what happens. A lot can happen here on the divisional round and, and, and going forward, maybe you throw Jordan Love in there, uh, and I think it could be pretty compelling. Now, that said, they are playing probably, well, I shouldn't say probably, arguably the best team left in the NFL, um, maybe inarguably the best team left in the NFC, and that is the San Francisco 49ers. They'll be hosting the Packers at the Big Denim, as I'm calling it, at Levi Stadium in Santa Clara on Saturday night. 
Um, we can go a ton of different ways. You've alluded to this already um, with, with McCaffrey and the two receivers, the tight end and Kittle, Brock Purdy at quarterback. Um, and this is a team that uh, is the odds-on favorite to get to the Super Bowl out of the NFC and, quite frankly, a heavy favorite to get to the Super Bowl from the NFC here. We know it's important to have a player in the Super Bowl that's going to score a lot of points, whether it's a quarterback in Purdy, a running back in McCaffrey, or because it's tight end premium in George Kittle, a tight end that's going to score a lot of points here. Which way – let's let's formulate this to the point where, Bill, um, we're filling out one lineup. We're filling out one lineup. Who is the Niner that you have to have? Is it McCaffrey or is it better to pivot to somebody else? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If this is a team you're picking your leverage point on, then you could go, I would go with Debo actually, because mm. he's going to maybe get a few carries. He he was phenomenal down the end of the season, scoring touchdowns left and right, both through the air and on the ground. So he's my best pivot from McCaffrey would be Debo. But uh, if you look at who they're playing, I mean, Green Bay has a pretty decent middle of the road defense. They're not you know, great at stopping, but they're not bad either. Yeah. But if assuming they get through this game, um, Detroit and Tampa are both, you shred them through the air and they're both pretty solid against run defense. So another reason to think about McCaffrey could struggle on the ground a little bit. Maybe his ceiling is a little bit lower against the, the Detroit or um, Tampa in the next round, assuming they get that far. So Debo's good. Ayuk isn't a bad play. Kittle's not a bad play. Kittle could score three touchdowns and, any given game and even purdy for that matter i mean he he showed a ceiling from time to time and and should do really well in that championship game as well it you said samuel for the pivot uh he plays the same position about as iuk is samuel your play here for leverage is he your play here for um versatility because he gets involved more in the running aspect of the San Francisco 49ers offense. What separates him? Why do you like him better than Ayuk? I think he's going to get more touches than Ayuk. Now, Ayuk in any given day could get 20 yards per catch and only 
five, four or five catches, he's got 100 yards and two touchdowns. So, again, we're looking for that ceiling, and both guys have it. But Debo should get four or five catches as well and maybe two, three, four carries potentially. So, and, and those carries often go for a touchdown. What let's let's shift to um and that makes sense by the way um let's shift to uh, Sunday here um the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are coming off a big win at home against the Philadelphia Eagles um uh, I I thought up and down that game and I know Philadelphia has been struggling the last you know month or whatever it's been month and a half but the Buccaneers went out and won that game which one of those Buccaneers Bill impressed you enough to say okay. That's my guy in the FFPC playoff challenge too. This is the one I'm going to go with, and he's going to help me win $100,000. Who stood out the most? Or um, is there a player there that maybe um, did not have the greatest game in the world, but you still think is the right play for this playoff challenge too, roster? Yeah, I would probably pivot to Evans, even though he didn't have a great game. That you know, just going up against the Detroit secondary, they could throw deep to Evans all day. It's in a dome, so you have no weather, no wind, no rain to worry about. Um, so the deeper balls, if Baker's healthy enough to get it downfield, hopefully, with whatever injuries he's got going on with his ribs and stuff. So, uh, I mean, Kate Otten stood out in the game, though. Got to be impressed with what he did, given the game plan and and what Baker could do. So. Definitely in play for another big pivot, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the Buccaneers are, are probably going to lose that game. So who's going to score more in a comeback, throw the ball around mode? Would it be Otten or Evans? I'm, I'm going to lean Evans just with the long ball and the ceiling that he's got. Mm-hmm. But I think Otten would be an interesting second choice. Godwin always has the potential as a second choice. And the other guys, they, they scored in the game, but they're really dart throws. So I probably wouldn't pivot to any of them. And Rashad White. I like him, but again, against Detroit's run defense, that's going to be pretty tough. So he's been, you know, slogging along a little bit against some of these tougher defenses down the stretch where he really was solid for the season. But against Detroit, it's going to be a little harder to pick Rashad White. Is there stuff to be to, to be said for Rashad White's pass catching ability that that you could see? Okay, well, you know, I know he's probably not going to you know rush for two hundred on the ground, but given um, what he can do in the passing game. Is there something to be said for Rashad White there? Yeah, I mean, he's probably going to get most of the snaps and be a part of that passing game, but Detroit's good at shutting down the, the points from the position, so yeah. it's taking, taking a little bit more of a chance. I think if we look at, and, and this you can expound on this as far as redraft next year goes, one of the most consistent players, forget on the Lions, just in fantasy football in general, Amon Ross St. Brown. This guy rarely, when he played, rarely finished out of the top 10 in receivers as far as scoring. Um, he had a couple of blow-up games, but by and large, I mean, this dude is seven for 95 and a touchdown, every, you know, uh, like a half a touchdown. So like a touchdown every other week. You can't yeah. get more consistent than that. Um, in this competition where it will be, you know, essentially three weeks long, uh, is there something to be said for, I don't like the Amon Ross St. Brown consistency. I think that I, I need more of a spike if I'm going to beat out, you know, whatever it is, 1500 other players here to win this. And I can do it via Gibbs. I can do it via Laporta. I might be able to do it even via Jared Goff here. If the lions, you know, are lucky enough to say not lucky enough, but if they're fortunate enough to get by the Bucks and then beat the 49ers or 
uh, Packers, probably the 49ers in the NFC Championship, all of a sudden you're looking at Jared Goff as a pretty good play. Um, I wonder if St. Brown's consistency works against him in this, um, or am I just looking into this too deep? Your thoughts on St. Brown in this contest? And if you don't like him, Bill, who's the line you got to go with? No, I love St. Brown. I can't fade him. He's the guy with the ceiling every week for the Lions. So, um, you know, if the running back split was a little different, because, I mean, I like both the running backs, you know, being a Bears guy, David Montgomery was always good for Chicago and and was really underrated coming into the season, actually. I picked up a couple shares of him in Dynasty and helped me quite a bit. Um, so he's, you know, he's consistent, actually, to get, you know, 50 to 75 yards and a touchdown a lot mm -hmm. of times. But that's not the ceiling we're looking for. Gibbs has the ceiling and can break off a play any given play, but he's only getting, you know, 55% of the snaps or something like that. So it make, makes it harder to pick him as a pivot because he's not going to get as many opportunities. And then you're really leaning into the hope that he does break a couple. So, um, you know, Goff's an interesting thought. If you think they're going to get to the Super Bowl, if you think they can get through San Francisco, I think they can get through Tampa Bay at home playing, mm -hmm. you know, on their turf in the dome. He's going to have a big game this week. If you're playing DFS, I like Goff, but I wouldn't like him at San Francisco on the road, on the grass, outside against that defense. Um, I don't think Detroit's going to, they're going to, they're going to struggle with that. So I wouldn't want to go Goff if I'm thinking to the Super Bowl and Amon Ra can, can go big in both games. Even if they're losing to San Francisco, he could score 20, 30 plus points. So I think maybe maybe that's like I'm looking at this from the wrong perspective here. The fact that the Lions are the favorites this week against Tampa and then ostensibly would be the underdogs going out to San Francisco if it plays out the way it's supposed to this week. Um, you could make the case that, well, maybe it's consistency works against him in a one week format, but in a two week format or perhaps a three week, his consistency works with you in the fact that regardless of game script, St. Brown should be in that seven to eight catch neighborhood in that 90 to hundred yard neighborhood and maybe one or two touchdowns. Maybe that's, maybe he is the play then for Detroit because of how consistent he, uh, he is regardless of game script, Bill. Yeah. And both matchups are going to be good for wide receivers. And then even if they get to the Super Bowl, you can throw against Baltimore too, like the Rams went off on him. So right. I, I like him in those <laughs> cases. If Laporta wasn't hurt, he would be a potential pivot to think about, but I don't like the injury. You, you didn't see enough from him in this in this previous game to say, okay, um, injury be darned. I I, I, st I still think you can play him here. He just he looks hobbled, or what is it to you? Doesn't pass the eye. Yeah, time. he had he had the big knee brace. He looked hobbled. He he wasn't playing full complement of snaps, so he was just in there for really for the red zone piece. I uh, let, I want to talk about the uh, the Chiefs and Bills here. It's the it's the only game we haven't talked about. It's the the late Sunday afternoon game or the early Sunday evening fan, depending upon a uh, game where you're watching this um, as a fan here. Uh, Patrick Mahomes. This is his first road playoff game ever in the history of his career, which sounds crazy, but it's true. Um, I think that you could make the case that because of how good the Bills' defense is, because this is a road game. Mahomes would make a lot of sense here if you believe in the Chiefs, because if they get it done, it'll probably be beyond, or it'll probably be because of the shoulder and the arm of one Patrick Mahomes. Um, do we pick him in in this format, uh, or do we pick one of his pass catchers? Bill, I guess this question comes down to: if you believe the Chiefs are getting to the Super Bowl, you're taking Mahomes. But one of the other guys we have to keep in mind, and a guy who had a resurgent 
performance in the Super Wild Card weekend was Travis Kelsey, 7 for 71. We don't want to forget about him, despite him kind of leaving us all in, in the lurch in in um, in the regular season of fantasy football this year. But this is a guy that came on in the Super Wild Card weekend. And, oh, by the way, they got this guy, Rasheed Rice, who's been a borderline top uh, 12 receiver down the stretch of the fantasy football season. I love Mahomes, but man, there's a lot of Chiefs to pick uh, to pick from here, and I haven't even mentioned Isaiah Pacheco. Yeah, we do have to pick two running backs at least in the contest, so we got to be thinking about which ones do we want to take, um, given what what's offsetting with the players we're picking on the other teams. So, I mean, this is the tricky part of the the contest, really, is the AFC is wide open between Kansas City Buffalo winner against Baltimore. If it ends up, I assume it's going to be Baltimore, but who knows? Houston mm-hmm. could surprise. Uh, like they did last week, everybody expected, you know, Cleveland Browns defense, Dallas Cowboys defense. What happened to these defenses last week? It was all, all offense against them. So, um, you know, never count out Houston, but it's at, it's at Baltimore. They're the, they're the better team. So it's probably going to be Baltimore, but really Kansas City Buffalo is a toss up. So picking the right players that are going to score the most out of that is an interesting topic. But I think Mahomes is actually going to probably be lesser owned if I would guess. So he could be your your leverage point, taking mm-hmm. Mahomes, and he goes through this. Maybe he starts scoring a bunch of points and takes him to the Super Bowl and ends up being the play. So I like Rushy Rice a lot. I do like Isaiah Pacheco um, and and also Kelsey. I hadn't used him uh, lately, but I think he's he came on decently. He still dropped a couple more balls last week, but um, you can't count him out in a big game like that. And a game that might feature him like the the elements i don't, I don't want to say it's going to be like you know 10 feet of snow and you know 70 below zero or anything like that maybe <laughs> but well yeah non-zero chance of anything um but that would i think play off to him i think that would play off to well i mean you could i guess you could make the case that that maybe that's an advantage for kelsey maybe it's an advantage for rasheed rice when you think about all the underneath stuff that that dude runs and all the horizontal passes they give to rice and then of course uh, the human dynamo in isaiah pacheco who runs as hard as anybody out there i think that there's something to be said for that too so i you know maybe the chiefs bill they might be the most important and toughest team well maybe not toughest team because i think kansas or uh, san francisco is going to be tough to get right but kansas city as far as the afc goes they might be the the team if you get it right Ooh, you could vault right up that leaderboard, my friend. And, and if they win, if they make it to the Super Bowl somehow, that's big. And uh, I mean, really, you could go with it. You could make a story for any of those four guys easily. So, mm-hmm. um, final team that we haven't talked about: Buffalo. They end up beating Pittsburgh uh, in a uh, at least a closer game than I thought it was going to be um, on Monday afternoon. Um, Gabe Davis, we don't, at least at last time I checked, we don't know about his availability for this game against Kansas city. Uh, for the first time in years, the Buffalo bills are going to be trying to make a deep playoff run with a pro bowl running back. They let Leonard Fournette go today. That was the break. That. that was kind and, of surprising. Yeah. Very surprising. Uh, given that this is to me, this is what you want him on your roster for is yeah. for these slob- slobber knockers and the, in 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 the cold and in the wind and in the snow uh for these games here in in uh, regardless of the games in buffalo this weekend or baltimore next weekend um they have james cook he's going to the pro bowl so i think that that he's an interesting guy to keep in mind are either of these guys or perhaps the suddenly um resurgent stefan diggs 
would or and and when I haven't mentioned Dalton Kincaid, the the tight end, the rookie tight end Wunderkind, who has been setting the world on fire the second half of the season. There are a lot of options in Buffalo, but my God, when Josh Allen is running hot, it is tough to find a better quarterback than him. Bill, the question here is, um, I guess, how far do you have the Bills going? Because that depends uh, on, or that will determine which Bill you pick here. It's a tough call. Like, this game is really going to be close, and uh, either team could beat Baltimore, I think, too. So it's tough to call who's going to win. I mean, from a pure fantasy play, who's the best player? It's Josh Allen, for sure. Mm -hmm. He's the number one quarterback, and has done well, but man, the Kansas City defense has shut down quarterbacks and been really challenging for quarterbacks this year. So I think Allen's going to struggle. And if you look at what he did in the first game, he did struggle a bit. He got a touchdown on the ground too. So he ended up with like 23, 24 points, but I think he's going to have a hard time hitting a ceiling against uh, Kansas City. Um, mm -hmm. I, I think he'd probably do better against Baltimore actually than Kansas City if they can squeak by. Why Why do you think he puts up – why is Baltimore a better matchup for Josh Allen than Kansas City? Just in watching Baltimore this year, I've seen teams throw on them. They didn't necessarily win the games, but mm -hmm. they've been able to attack them and, and score and make it close. And they, they even lost a couple games that didn't make a lot of sense earlier in the season. So they've been tough to beat lately. Um, but, um, I mean, they're the team that <laughs> – they, they took care of San Francisco and Philadelphia, right? I remember yeah. right. So. Yep. Um, they looked really good doing it. So um, hard to bet against Lamar. And I think that's why if I'm picking one lineup, I'm, I'm going to want to go Lamar Jackson. Mm -hmm. and, but, and then it's tough to pick which bill. And so um, I was kind of leaning, if I put it, put a lineup together, I was leaning James Cook, just given the matchup. And, and he did well in the first matchup with Kansas City, where they need to get the ball out a little quicker and, and get away from the cornerbacks that Kansas City's got out there. So Cook had a good game and, and could have another good game, but any of the Bills' skill players are, there's also the potential low floor. <clears throat> Cook was disappointing in the, the fantasy playoffs and, and scored like five points each week. So, uh, you know, it's, that's, that's the fallback that could happen. But Diggs, since the new offensive coordinator took over for Buffalo, hasn't been the same. He, he doesn't have, hasn't had a ceiling game since that happened. Kincaid is interesting, and I did pick him as a couple of leverage pivots in the first contest last week. And he did get the touchdown and, and some yards, so he's in play. I think I would like him almost as good or about as good as Cook if you're not going with Allen, believing that they're going to score and get past these teams. What about um, – just weigh in on this topic with Stephon Diggs. Um, a guy that was the, the last month or so of the season – was getting still getting the same targets he was getting uh, throughout the season, but they were different targets. Like they were, you know, these these little over the middle uh, or or comeback hitches. Like it wasn't a lot of downfield stuff, which I think neutered a lot of his fantasy football value. Then you saw what he did against the Pittsburgh Steelers on Monday, and I think it gives you a little bit more of a hope. Um, do you think Diggs is a guy that could be a strong pivot? Or is he more of a trap guy where you don't really want to play him in this competition? He could be a strong pivot if he he went off with a ceiling type game. But I think against Kansas City, that's going to be tough for him to do when he's really the only wide receiver focal point for Kansas City to worry about. With um, I don't think Gabe is Gabe Davis practicing this week. I, I doubt he's going to play. I'll look it up right now, but I don't think he and, has been. And uh, I mean, Khalil Shakir is interesting, but he gets three catches a game and makes them look good. Um, I don't think Kansas City has to worry too much about 
the other players, they got to worry about the tight ends. You know, they've got Kincaid and Knox is still catching touchdowns. Mm-hmm. So um, if I was going to play one, it's Kincaid because he's getting the downfield target. He's actually getting more downfield targets than Diggs, it seems. You know, I, I was just thinking about this as I looked it up. The the Bills played yesterday, so I don't I don't think the Bills practiced today. Um, we'll oh, yeah, yeah. More. We'll find out more about what's going on with him tomorrow. But, a, again, a lot of different ways that you could go in Buffalo here. You know, people just assume in this playoff challenge too, Bill, that – um, that it, it's very chalky and you, and quite frankly, you know, there, there's something to be said for what happened last year where we had a lot, a bunch of ties near the top of the leaderboard or at the top of the leaderboard. Um, but I, I, I don't necessarily think like there is still, there are still some pivots. There are still some leverage plays here. Um, I'm going to let you take this the way you want to take it. Let's formulate a lineup of eight players right now. And you can choose like, okay, bulky, we're doing this based on we're filling out one team in the contest or we're filling out three teams in the contest or we're filling out five or more teams in the contest. I'll leave it up to you. Now, for all the viewers that are wondering, the FFPC Playoff Challenge 2, myffpc.com is where to go to register. This is an eight-team lineup. So in the Playoff Challenge, um, the, the, the world-famous Playoff Challenge that everybody submitted lineups for last week, that was a 12-team lineup where you had to fade two teams. This week, you're playing eight players, no fades. You have to pick a player on every single one of the FFPC of the NFL divisional playoff challenge or divisional playoffs, excuse me, teams. Um, so there are no fades in this. You have to pick uh, one player from each team. Bill, I'll let you take this away. Let's start off with the quarterback here. We've we've covered very briefly on the show tonight um, all the teams, the quarterback in this contest. Who would you pick? I'm going to go Lamar Jackson. Just uh, thinking Baltimore is going to get to the Super Bowl, likely win it. He's going to have at least a cup, you know, one or two out of the three ceiling games, I would think. Mm-hmm. Maybe one middle of the road game, but he's got the rushing yards. He's going to score touchdowns, and his passing this year has been really good. And he's, he's got a lot of weapons to throw to as well. And I think, you know, because of his legs and because of the, the favorites that they are in this first game, uh, and the fact that they, if they get by, they will be hosting the AFC Championship in Baltimore. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, yeah. We do have to fulfill two running back positions here in this competition, Bill. Who are we taking as our top two running backs in this? We talked about Aaron Jones and how there's probably not another good play that has the ceiling. I mean, there's ceiling guys there, but picking which one's going to get it, we just don't know. So looking at what he did last week, I think it's, going this week for his fifth hundred yard week in a row. Um, he's hot right now. He didn't play a lot early in the year, so he's fresh like you, t- you talked about. So I like Aaron Jones there for one of them. And since we didn't go with Josh Allen, I'm going to lean into James Cook for Buffalo. Mm. You, you, I, I could think about Kincaid as well, but we need to have running backs too. And so um, I'm thinking Travis Kelsey at the tight end, given what we have left and, and go James Cook at the running back. Okay. All right, so that we know good. Four, we got half our team here. Uh, the backfield is complete. Jackson, Jones, and Cook, uh, and then Kelsey will be the tight end here. Um, I think that um, the flexes will be compelling, but we do have to fill two wide receiver positions yet here too. Before we get to the flexes, Bill, who would you say for this team, this specific team we're building here, who are the wide receivers going to be? Amon Ra's number one. So we talked about not being able to fade him. So they're gonna go mm-hmm. gonna go safe brown out of Detroit for uh for one of those two. And then I think Mike Evans comes on big this week against Detroit. If Tampa can somehow beat him, then uh mm-hmm. he, he's gonna score more down the road. But I think go, going out 
um, he should have a lot of points. He's got the ceiling at least to, to go for. Okay, so we add St. Brown and we add Evans onto this team. That means, uh, as far as flexes go, we are still missing a San Francisco 49er and we are still missing a Houston Texan. Bill, how are we filling these last two slots on our team? Could be a running back, could be a receiver, could be a tight end. But one has to be a Niner and one has to be a Texan. I'm going to fill out the flexes with more wide receivers because got bigger ceilings, I think. Um, if we were going to go McCaffrey at a running back, then then he'd be over one of the two guys. He'd probably be over James Cook and maybe we'd flex out to um, Kincaid or something like that. Or maybe mm-hmm. Diggs, but um, going to go Nico Collins for Houston at the wide receiver spot because he's definitely their ceiling play. And then we talked about Debo earlier. So I like Debo uh, for San Francisco as a, as a pivot from McCaffrey to hopefully make my lineup different from a lot of the field. So we are looking here at um, uh, four wide, a four wide receiver set. We're doing four verts here um, from the guy who won co co-winner of the um, uh, football guys uh, playoff challenge two last year and the co-runner up of the FFPC playoff challenge to last year. Here is the lineup we have submitted tonight. I got Bill, I got your name on here. So we got, and I know, yeah, this is, this is great uh, production value. Lamar, <laughs> Lamar Jackson at the quarterback, Aaron Jones, James Cook are your running backs. You're looking at St. Brown, Evans, Collins, and Debo Samuel at wide receiver. And the tight end will be indeed Travis Kelsey. So that's the lineup we have built. Feel free to use it. Bill, I don't know if you're going to be using it or not, but it's your lineup. Feel free to do what you want with it. But after, what is it, uh, 45 minutes plus, this is the best we have come up with, and hopefully this will be the $100,000 winning team. And I think, Bill, and just real real quick, this last thought here, it, you know, I look at these teams, and I know you've looked at these teams in both playoff challenges over the years. You look at them when they're done, you're like, mm, that that doesn't seem all that crazy. You know, you just think with, you know, 1500 teams or 5,000 teams like this playoff challenge two is going to be, you think you got to go crazy and you got to pick some weird, you know, um, uh, who'd be a good example, uh, Dontavian Wicks uh, for the Packers or Trey Palmer for the Buccaneers, Romeo Dobbs for Green Bay. Anybody pick Dobbs? Was he on any lineup? I'm sure he, you know, I'm sure he was, I didn't, you know, fantasy mojo would have the stats on that, but I'm sure somebody did pick them and they're probably loving life that they did. Um, but you don't necessarily need a wacko lineup. You just kind of, you know, you look at the $500,000 winners in the FFPC playoff challenge last year, you just kind of pick the best players on every team and, and they want, you know, and sometimes that's what it comes down to. It always makes sense at the end. Oh yeah. That, that made a lot of sense, right. but <laughs> it, it is, it's such a fun contest to play these, to, to just strategize and think about how's it going to play out and which player. And it's always a lot of fun putting them together. So really, really enjoy that you guys keep doing it. Oh, absolutely. And we'll keep doing it uh, going forward. Very lucrative, very profitable for you last year. I hope it's just as lucrative or just as profitable or maybe more profitable for you this year, Bill. Uh, We'll see what happens with that. But congratulations on all your success, uh, not only last year in this contest, but in your uh, 2023 season. I hope nothing but the best uh, best for you going forward. And thank you so much for joining me as my guest co-host here tonight on the season eight finale of the road of his high stakes lowdown. It's been too long. Let's do this again sometime soon, man. Appreciate it, Eric. It was a lot of fun. Thanks for having me. Good luck, everybody. Thank you so much. That is Bill McCall, ladies and gentlemen, the runner up in the FFPC playoff challenge two last year, the co-champion 
of the Football Guys Playoff Challenge last year as well. Want to thank him for his contributions tonight and formulating the winning lineup as I as I post it right here. Jackson Jones, Cook, St. Brown, Evans, Kelsey, Collins, Samuel. That's Bill McCall's lineup. You can feel free to enter that. As uh, time is running out on that, that will lock Saturday afternoon. So we are, what, Tuesday evening right now? You're looking at one, two, three, less than four days away before that lock. So get your uh, entries in for the FFPC Playoff Challenge 2 divisional round right now at myffpc.com. Myffpc.com is where to go for that. Um, 500, excuse me, $100,000 to the winner. Uh, if you want to enter at the $200 uh, entry fee, if you want to enter at the $35 level, you can still win $25,000. That's at myffpc.com. No draft, no salary cap, only fun. Once this lineup is submitted by uh, the wild card or by the uh, divisional playoff that kicks off between the Texans and Ravens, that is it. You don't have to touch it the rest of the uh, the rest of the playoffs. Uh, myffpc.com, myffpc.com is where to go for that. Take one more shot at a six-figure grand prize uh, this year in the FFPC. That will complete our show tonight. Uh, we will not be back next Tuesday. This was our season eight finale. Uh, we will kick off season nine. Uh, coming up, um, I'll get you the premiere date for that in a second here. We will kick off season nine of the Rotoviz High Stakes Slowdown coming up on February 6th, uh, 2024. So that is three weeks from today. Uh, that will be our Super Bowl preview episode. We'll get some never too early best ball uh, analysis in that draft, maybe a little bit of dynasty as well, depending upon who we get on the show. Uh, but February 6th will be the next time we go live here. Um, the High Stakes Fantasy Football Show is live this Thursday on the Better Sports Network um, uh, socials as well as BetterNetwork.com and all the FFPC socials. We will have more coverage of the FFPC Playoff Challenge 2 with Kevin Wheeler from the 33rd team. So Wheels is going to join me on that program for two full hours. We will touch on uh, what happened in 2023. I look forward to 2024, but we'll uh, be uh, formulating a lineup for the FFPC Playoff Challenge 2 to help you win that $100,000 grand prize as well. And then, of course, this Friday night, uh, Farrell Elliott and myself on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour will welcome in another big champion, another big winner from the 2023 season with the FFPC. That goes live on the FFPC socials as well as the FFPC YouTube at 10 p.m. Eastern time this Friday night. MyFFPC.com is where to go for these great FFPC Playoff Challenge 2 contest. Look, I know the, the 2023 season wasn't as good as you wanted it to be. It never is, quite frankly. So here's your chance to make a lot of money here, $100,000 up for grabs if you want to play in the FFPC Playoff Challenge 2 at myffpc.com, myffpc.com. Remember to like this video, subscribe to the channel, comment on this video, share it with your friends and enemies, and get notified every time we go live at, uh, at the FFPC YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Fantasy. Thanks so much for watching. Thanks for uh, making Season 8 with the Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown another winner. Well, we will do it again with Season 9 coming up three weeks from today, February 6th, 2024. Good luck in those playoff challenge uh, lineups, everybody. Good luck in the postseason. We'll talk with you again heading in to Super Bowl 58, 59, whatever it is right now, heading into Super Bowl 2024. Thanks for watching, everybody. Thank you for listening to the High Stakes Lowdown, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. And thanks to Grapes for our theme music. 
please review the podcast on iTunes under the Rotoviz radio feed. It helps us find new listeners. Contact us via email, rotovizradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think and follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the show by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 10% discount through the NFL podcast homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.